Welcome to the Anthesis Net Zero podcast series. I'm Tobias Parker and I'm here with George Favaloro, Executive Director from Anthesis Boston office. We're going to be looking at ways that corporations are reducing their carbon footprint through off-site renewable energy mechanisms. Hi George, it's good to talk with you today. Great to be with you, Toby. Good. So, listen, you've been working with many large corporations who have signed up to science-based targets. Could you describe some of the ways that they're looking to source renewable energy? So, corporations have a number of different alternative ways to participate in the renewable energy market. Um, the, you know, one of the prime ways is to explore what opportunities the options might be for bringing renewable energy onto their site. So, for example, a retailing operation could put solar panels on its roof. Um, another way is you could buy renewable energy from your utility, and that's often referred to as, um, as a, a green tariff. Um, another way is you could buy renewable energy credits you're, you're buying the credits from renewable projects that are somewhere else, uh, in, usually in, within your national boundary. And then uh, the last way is um, a virtual power purchase agreement, often referred to as a VPPA. And in that case, you're um, signing a contract that uh, allows you to help bring new renewable energy onto the grid and you're playing a meaningful role in that kind of scenario so among those four you know they all have different pros and cons um and in the u.s we've had quite the 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 last one the virtual power purchase agreements have really been uh the ones that most of the big companies have focused on and it's had a, quite a substantial impact on our, on our renewables marketplace. Mm. So that sounds um, that sounds pretty good in terms of being able to be linked specifically to a renewable project um, that probably wouldn't have happened unless you'd signed up to the virtual power purchase agreement. Um, and it, it it sounds like it's better in in some ways than I guess just getting a standard green tariff um, off your off the shelf. In your view, what are the key sort of pros and cons of uh, a VPPA? It, the key concept, the one pivotal concept in all of this to grasp is, is the action taken by your company causing new renewable energy to come onto the grid. Okay, and that, you know, notion that you can actually use your company's sophistication, balance sheet, you know, um, and all of its resources to cause new renewable energy to come onto the grid is really the key concept to grasp. And you can do that through signing a virtual power purchase agreement. And, um, and so if you compare that to a green tariff, what's happened there is your utility that's supplying um, the green energy via green tariff has already put in place that rene the renewable asset that's generating that green energy. And so you're just buying it after the fact. And um, I, I, it sounds like I'm denigrating that. I think that's an, a great thing to do to be a customer for green energy. But 
there's a pretty strong argument that it's, you know, one step better or maybe even two steps better to have played a significant role in bringing new renewable energy onto the grid. And, you know, we face a very um, daunting challenge to transition our energy system to, you know, to renewables. And, you know, the more active the, your company can be in that, you know, in helping address that challenge, the better. And so that's why, you know, the notion of a virtual power purchase agreement where you're stepping up to actually help a new project come online, um, you know, that's, that's where that gets its validity and credibility as a very strong and positive thing companies can do. And so it sounds as though it's, it's releasing more money for investment into renewables. It's probably encouraging uh, more players to come into the market. And so it sounds like it's a big market development. It is. And, you know, there's, um, I've spent a lot of time in my professional career explaining the mechanics of a virtual PPA because they are complicated. And essentially what you're doing by signing a virtual PPA is you're providing price stability to a specific project. And that's extremely valuable to the other parties that have to come together to bring a new you know, um, wind farm or new solar array onto the grid. So you have, you know, develop renewables developers and you have renewable investors and they're all playing their role. But one role a corporation can play is to um, essentially firm up the price from that project so that the investor can have confidence that it's going to uh, produce the cash flows that they need, and that lets the developer move forward with the projects. So that's that's what you're doing, and you know it's like um, you know you're at the table with these other players who are putting down their capital and using all their expertise as renewables developers to bring new uh, wind farms or solar arrays onto the grid. And, you know, you're in there enabling them to do their work. And are there instances where they work well? And I suppose also as important, are there instances where it's maybe not the right mechanism? Yeah. So um, process of, of uh, signing a virtual PPA involves, um, you know, working through, you, you're, you would work with, broker and and the developer and so on to configure a contract that you're comfortable with and usually that involves um quite a bit of work to get your finance organization your accounting organization your legal organization to understand the transaction and to get comfortable with the risks and benefits of signing a virtual PPA and so I say all that because the con is, um, you know, you have to be sophisticated. You have to be a credit worthy buyer, you know, buyer and then or, or a signator of the contract. Um, and it takes time and effort, you know, and focus by your organization. 
and if you don't uh, do that, well, you know, you could commit the organization to a long-term contract that has more risk than what you're, what is prudent for you to be taking on. And, and in fact, um, when BPPAs first were emerging in the U.S., there were a number of contracts that went upside down and ended up costing the corporations money. In recent years, the kinks have been worked out and the um, value that's brought to the table and the contracting has become way more standardized and so on and so forth. So now there's usually very strong financial upside to signing these contracts. And so another pro is that you actually have, um, you know, you actually, or a lot of people who are in the contracts right now actually do make money from being in, from being in the contracts and um, from signing a virtual PPA. So that so that's a pro. So anyway, that the so there's a balance there. I would come down again to companies. It, it is a complex contract. It does take a certain amount of sophistication. You are using your company's balance sheet. Um, you know, because you have to be a credit worthy uh, counterparty. But when all of those things line up and the organization can, can get comfortable with it, you have a great way to reduce your carbon emissions. You've caused new renewable energy to come onto the grid and you can potentially make money as opposed to spend money. Right. So a genuine investment there. And my understanding is that the market in the US is probably the most advanced. Do you see changes happening in other markets which could facilitate this sort of mechanism becoming more available? Yeah. And, and let me digress for just a moment about the U.S. market, because um, I think it puts it a, a, an important spotlight on on this. You know, we often think of this transition we have to go through to a um, in terms of, you know, the technological advancement of windmills or solar panels. And that's certainly true. But the U.S. virtual PPA market is really a story of financial innovation and um, using a whole series of problem solving techniques, one on top of another in the accounting area and the finance area and, you know, in the development renewables development area where all of a sudden you have this contract that actually unlocked, you know, many gigawatts of um, of sustainable energy. And it's quite remarkable, you know, that that kind of innovation takes place and that kind of problem solving takes place. And I think it's a real credit to the financial and legal sector that we're now in a place in the U.S. where these contracts are very standard and they're having a huge impact on the market. The reason why I digress in that way is that, you know, I do believe this is going to, you know, these, these innovations that I were referring to, they're very transferable. And um, I think that as, uh, you know, it, there's just um, uh, a lot of standard ways to assess the risks, to develop the contracts, to address the risks, and get all the parties comfortable to move forward with this kind of contract. And so I think there's a very good chance that um, this will happen uh, around the world, you know, both, you know, Europe, Asia, and wherever else. 
Um, the uh, and what needs to change is you know purely an adoption of the innovative legal and financial um, approaches that unlock this market. That's great. Many thanks for your time, George. It's been really good to talk. So we can see the level of interest in investments into renewable energy is high. And this seems like a great way for organizations to make an investment to de-risk and decarbonize their energy consumption. Well, it's been a pleasure to um, talk about it with you today. As you can tell, I, I uh, am a strong proponent of companies exploring virtual power purchase agreements and seeing if they make sense for them because um, it is a really powerful way to meaningfully participate in this transition that we have to drive to a cleaner, you know, renewable energy grid. Great. So next, we'll be looking at some of the innovations that are happening as we seek to achieve our net zero future. 